From Bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. On this meeting, we have innovative revenue tools, outstanding improvements, City Hall WTF, and a great gaping void of mystery where our guest should be. All that and less. This meeting is now in session. Hey. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I've been I've been under the weather. Have you? Yes. Under what weather? Um, clouds. Clouds? Sky. You know what? What kind of clouds? Cirrus clouds? Cumulonimbus clouds? Oh, stratocumulus all the way. Oh, those are my favorites. Oh, Among my favorites. Among your favorites of these several clouds and mammatus clouds. Those rare sort of vaguely mammary looking clouds that Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) look so good on Instagram. Is that where the name came from? Coincidence. Uh No, it's not a coincidence. That's literally it. Why didn't they just call them boob clouds? I know. Would make things so much easier. I think we should propose that we should send that up, write up a report, send it to the sixth floor. Okay, and they can send it on to Weather Canada. <laughs> Excellent. I actually have met the uh, head climatologist. No, you haven't. I actually have. Who's what's his name? Dave Phillips. Really? Yes. <laughs> you 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 look at me like I just made that up. Uh, yeah, I, but I, it, I was hoping for a bit actually. No, <laughs> no his name's Dave Phillips. Yeah, and he's he's a big booster of. Uh, well, Environment Canada. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the weather, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, anyway, nice guy. Yeah, good. Good. Nice to know that the weather is in his hands. Yep. Yep. I hope he sends us something nice. I hope so, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as far as I know, he's never killed anybody. As far as you know? As far as I know. Yeah. Let, let it be heard here on radio. As far as I know, Dave Phillips of Environment Canada has never killed anybody. Okay, getting us in trouble with Meteorology Canada. <laughs> That's the first item off the agenda. Oh, good. Check mark. Good. Uh, what's what else is on? Uh, uh, well, you, yeah, we better do that. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, first up, um, we have Eupedna uh, leech. Eupedna leech. Eupedna leech. Eupedna. Nope. Ah, uh, that's too bad. No Eupedna leech here. She. Eupedna Leach, mm-hmm. you'll find this interesting. She was the advice maven to British troops during World War II. Hang on, how does that work? The British troops would needed advice. They would, yeah. Like did they for, like write? Did she like write for like the British Stars and Stripes kind of thing? Well, it was it was bulldogs a radio. and um, the, like bulldogs the, and gin. That's right, bulldogs called. and gin. No, the the Tommies would uh, would write her letters, and she would answer on the radio. Um, but it turned out that um, the radio station was actually a German station, and it was just World War II German propaganda. Oh. So, for example, um, here's one um, from Heartsick Private. My girl back in Bristol, I'm not going to do the accent. Uh, my girl back in Bristol just sent me a letter to tell me she's found another bloke. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And Eupedna Leach writes back on the radio, says, Dear Heartsick Private, there are plenty of fish in the sea. Please send a map of troop movements plus any actionable intelligence for the benefit of the glorious German fatherland. Oh, fair. It is amazing that she was not caught sooner. Because, yeah. I mean, that was pretty transparent. Yeah, terrible, terrible advice, yeah, too. No, nobody even noticed until somebody listened to archive of recordings, like, in the 60s. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, but she'd already escaped. Okay. Um, but I... She must be pretty old now. She's pretty old. That could explain why she's late to the meeting. That could, you know, yeah. Um, you know, hold on. What's wrong? Uh, well, I don't want to leap to any conclusions, but I may have mixed up the letters in her name. 
Oh, no. And Paul Deschen. Oh, that's actually me. Oh. I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not, sad that it's me at this meeting and not you, Pedna Leach. I would have preferred that. But, you know, I, well, actually, I, I would have preferred that enjoy. so much. <laughs> well, I do enjoy your company. I did want to interview you, Pedna Leach. Yeah. But, okay. Too bad. Too bad. Uh, next up, Dango Airman. Dango Airman. Dango Airman. He actually changed his name when he, when he emigrated to the U.S. from Gonad Airman. <laughs> I could see why he would do yeah, that. Yeah, apparently yeah. He, he realized that Gonad had some unfortunate implications. Yeah. But he where, arrived, would, where would he be from? Where would a name like Gonad come from? Uh, my notes don't really tell me that. It might be Romania. Oh, yeah. No, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, But anyway, he arrived in North America in 1911 and claimed to have invented air flight before the Wright brothers. Really? Yeah, even though the Wright brothers flew in, uh, in Kitty Hawk in 1903. Yeah. But people believed him for the longest time because his name was Airman. Right. Yeah. So yeah. he was not found out uh, at all until the uh, mid-60s. Wow. When people listened to archived recordings. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there was a good thing people listened to those in the 60s. Exactly. Pe- yeah. People in the 60s were like, they were on it. They totally were. <laughs> Ferreting out the mysteries. Yeah. Uh, but I don't see him here either, probably because he's dead. Um, yeah, that would that would ruin his attendance record. Yeah, that leads me to believe that I've actually made a mistake with the name, and I've oh, mixed no. up the letters. So if you go ahead. Um, could be Aiden Morgan. That's you, Aiden. Hey, that is me. Yeah. I thought I recognized myself. Yeah. All right. I'm glad mostly you Mostly by it. my voice. I go like, oh, I hear, yeah. I recognize that voice. It's yeah. me. That doesn't sound like a gonad. No. Sounds like a dango. It certainly does. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> my pen just exploded <laughs> on me. Oh, that damn pen thing. Yeah, it no joke. Sounds like a dango. <laughs> um... Okay, well, what do we got for an agenda well, I, I believe, tonight? Uh, I believe we have um, Gord Pepper. No. No. No, they're crossed wires. Right. That did not happen. No Gord Pepper, but, but there's guy over there. I know. It's getting awkward. Yeah, I know. He's looking at us. I know. But I think I recognize him from ways back. I don't. Um, Never seen this guy before. Wait. It's our intern. No, we've never had an intern. Remember Sherrod? Oh, Sherrod! Sherrod Clark. Sherrod Clark. Wow. Is that you? Hey, guys. Oh, Sherrod. Awesome. How's it going? Good. It's going fantastic. Good. Oh, we've been, we've been like writing the sixth floor looking for an intern. Mm-hmm. So glad you could join us again. Well, I was, I was walking through City Hall the other day, and uh, I heard this bizarro kind of call coming from some of the registers on the floor. Uh-huh. And I was reminded of you guys and I uh-huh. thought maybe Eden was sick, so I brought some like Pepto-Bismol and some Gravol maybe. So, and turns out you were. Uh, yeah. And yeah. uh Pepto-Bismol and Gravol while not well, would not address my actual ailment right now. Oh. It is much appreciated. All right, well. Oh, thanks. Yeah. This is great cuz the, the microwave has needed to be cleaned for so long. Oh god. Really, you haven't cleaned that? It was disgusting when I left. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. now, look, remember the thing that was growing in there? Yes. Apparently, the radiation from the microwave has just been feeding it. Yeah. Yeah. We and tried to kill it, but it Even is. though it keeps getting bigger, it, it we still don't make quorum. Oh. I know. Yeah. We're, we're hoping that one day it will, like, emerge and, and name itself. Yeah. And, yeah. 
and start start contributing to the policy solutions. What yeah. was that thing that you guys had in here months ago that was like reproducing and they were everywhere and filled the basement and stuff? Were they triples? Maybe that triples? was it. Silverfish. Pretty sure it was silverfish. Oh. Triplefish. No, they were like Silver little furby things. Those were tribbles. Oh, yeah. The tribbles. The tribbles. Yeah, yeah. yeah we it's ate, not a tribble. We ate like kings for about a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, you must love my, my shoes. These aren't soft mocks. These <laughs> tribble are mocks. Tribble mocks. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more trouble with tribbles around here. No, sir. So the thing in the microwave isn't like an uh, angry tribble? No. It's uh, just melted and was, like growing? Well, uh, we fed it several angry tribbles. That's true. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it seemed it seemed to enjoy them. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll have a look before I go. I guess. Thank yeah. You. Good. Um, we we have a bunch of questions for you, Jared. Oh. But before we get to those, we have to issue an apology. What's that? Well, I don't know if you've noticed because you've you've been up to the surface world lately, but mm -hmm. we've heard reports that it's been very smoky. Mm -hmm. up in the surface world. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the Queen City Improvement Bureau has to issue like a formal apology to the citizens of the Queen City. The smoke is our fault. Oh, I'm not surprised. We, Let's hear it. We, we had our end of summer QCIB barbecue <laughs> and uh, things got a little bit out of hand. Apparently um, burning uh, oil-soaked policy documents can get really smoky. It can get a little out of hand. And a little out of hand. Yeah, especially yeah. when you list, like release them with a catapult. Yes. Yeah, out of the building. Yeah, wow. into yeah. downtown yeah. Victoria Park. And points north. Yeah. So how many hamburgers were you cooking? <coughs> hamburgers? Hot dogs? No. Um, no, we were just barbecuing. <laughs> you know the fire, the, there's a fire ban in Regina right now? Well, oh. we know that now. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. All right. So 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 when you have, when you barbecue, you also get food brought in. Generally, yeah. Oh. You 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 make the fire. You put a little grill over top, and then you put the food on top of the grill, and then it you know kills the bacteria and things you, that make you sick, and it makes oh. it nice and warm, and then it's really nice to eat. Oh, oh. see, we only did steps one and two. Yeah, uh. we always thought that barbecues involved just catapulting like burning oil-soaked rags out of the building. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, there well, you no, go. That's why nobody shows up for our staff barbecues. Yeah. Well, also, no other staff. <laughs> and also, they're just so dang much fun. Yeah, they are dango much fun. Yeah. That's a thing now. Yeah. Dango? Dang dango. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jared. Yes. Tell us about the outside world. <laughs> oh, my, my my question actually is, I've got a, I, I actually do have questions for you. Can I can I tell you a, can I tell you a story Ooh. that oh, would be I like hear perfect yeah, to the to yeah. the QCIB? Perfect. Okay, so I'm on Twitter the other day, and the first time I came on the QCIB, Belle Plain was here, oh, right. and I was oh, yeah. just enamored with Belle Plain. So I followed her after the show, not like physically followed her, oh, but on Twitter, on Twitter? Okay. I followed her. Okay. Anyway, so like last week, I'm on Twitter and I'm just paging through things, and here's a tweet from Belle Plain, and it's like, so I I'm not word. This is not word for word, but basically, she's at a restaurant, and some random dude sends a shot over to her table of tequila. She's with her family, and she's like, "What the hell, like." I'm with my family. Like, the dude can see I'm with my family. Yeah. So, anyways, I see this tweet. 
I'm like, that's weird, but hashtag still got it or something she put on there. <laughs> right. And so then I'm at home a few days later talking to my wife, and she's like, I got the funny story to tell you. So I'm at work, and this guy calls me over. She works at a bar. This guy calls me over and says, I want to buy that lady over at that table a shot. <laughs> and she's like, this is weird. But anyway, so she takes the shot over because she sees that this this a family. It's not just like right. single yeah. ladies or anything like that. But So she takes the shot over and says, this guy just like bought you a shot. And so she's telling me this story, and I think my mind goes automatically to this Twitter or this tweet that Belle Plain made, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, "Oh my God, Kristen, was it was it Belle Plain that you took this <laughs> shot to?" And she's like, "Yes, it was Belle Plain." So I knew that the story had happened before my wife had told it, and she didn't get to tell me the punchline or anything. But then the kind of the best part of the story was that. They dined and dashed. What? Like, the tequila shot that they bought for Belle Plaine, they didn't pay for, nor oh did they pay for any of their beer <laughs> that they bought. <laughs> they were like some guys who had driven through. Kristen said that the guy was kind of out of it. He was like, apparently they've been driving for a while. He's like, are we in, am I in Saskatchewan? And my wife was like, yeah, yeah, you are. So, But the one guy, he had a computer. They bought the shots. They bought some beer. The one guy went out to the car. The other guy went to the bathroom. My wife went back into the kitchen. And when she came back, they were gone. Oh, God. So then I, my wife tells me the story. is like, I have got to tweet Belle Plain <laughs> this story. <laughs> and so she said that... Uh, the guy had she had given she remembered my wife because she had given my wife like this look like who is this creep sending me a, a tequila shot because I'm mm -hmm. with my family and uh, she had this moment with my wife and, and it was lovely and everything and so I tweeted her and she was like that is ridiculous and she laughed and we had a good like ha ha laugh emoji thing going on and <laughs> it was just it was the funniest thing. So anyways, I think of Belle wow. Plain on the QCAB when I was first here. And so I don't know if that story was really relevant, but hey, it was, relevant. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait to have it, Belle Plain on to get her side. <laughs> <laughs> it was a true story. True story. Wow. There was nothing satirical about that. From yeah. multiple witnesses. <laughs> Anyways, you had some some questions for me before I yeah, completely well, took the show off. No, 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 no that's good. I, I'm, I'm glad that you did that on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Best radio station in the world. It, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. They it's broadcast true. your show. They do broadcast my show. So yeah, The Prairie Naturalist. Yeah. From 6 to 6.30. There you go. The, the, mount, the Mountain Unnaturalist. What about him? Is that He's like, not here, too, I hope. No, is that the Should show? Should you invite the mountain unnaturalist here? No, I would not invite your nemesis. Good. Your, your shadow double. Good. Right. Yeah. I would be angry at the, you, Aiden. The goatee <laughs> Jared from the mountain. That's right. <laughs> the mirror universe. Jared. With no gray hair and, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and a leather trench coat. <laughs> and a goatee. I would be and awesome. a surly demeanor. That's right. Tr driving across Canada, buying shots for random women. <laughs> <laughs> and then dashing. <laughs> and Before you said that part, I was like, wow, he kind of sounds cool. I kind of <laughs> want to meet him. But another interesting sidebar, since we're talking 
you said Jared Clark going across the continent. Did yeah. you know that there's another Jared Clark in Newfoundland? No, there isn't. Really? Yes. I'll yes. You. And he's a bird watcher? No. Yes. And he has two kids. It's like, it's nuts. Yeah. I've, I've conversed with him on Twitter, and our goal as a family is to go to Newfoundland to do some birding and see the, see the province. Yeah. But then also meet the other Jared Clark. So periodically I get questions from other birders in Saskatchewan being like, were you in Newfoundland? Because I saw like your name. Because it's exact same spelling, exact same everything. And he's yeah. a well, birder. And that's great. That it's weird. nuts. You should get him to come here and then you could have one of your CBC bird watching showdowns with the other Jared Clark. <laughs> and then no matter what, Jared Clark wins. Nice. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. I like that. I should interview Jared Clark on my show. Yeah. Oh, my God, you should. Definitely. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. And ask him if he needs a job as an intern. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've got this yeah. whole bureau. They need interns, you could say. Yeah. How, do, would you pay that intern? Would you pay that, Jared Clark? Oh, God, no. Don't tell him that. Though. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think, actually, there's like a, a thing HR says that we can't tell them that we're not paying them until it's too late. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. What is it that? was like three months before. Yeah. 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 But by then you were locked inside the sub basement. Yeah. 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 Wow. I have nightmares about that day. Yeah, I have so nightmares about pretty much every day. I can't really tell the difference anymore down here between my daily waking life yeah. and the nightmares, which are just a replay mm. of my day, just like scene by scene. Yeah. It's very odd. <laughs> Do I do I appear in your nightmares in? Uh, with surprising frequency. Only yes. you're wearing a leather trench coat and you've got like a goatee. Oh, so it's not me. It's the unmountain naturalist. It's exactly. No, the mountain naturalist. <laughs> the unmountain naturalist is like a third dimension. It's just it gets That's really. That's too complicated, complicated for me. Yeah. You should interview him on your show. The who? The mountain naturalist. Um, Get him on. Yeah. All right. Get him cornered about some of his like crazy ideas. Everything. Yeah, I, I can I can help make that happen. Do you have you met him? Uh, I've, I've I've talked with him on the phone a few okay. times. He sounds a lot like you, <laughs> but all his ideas are completely opposite of yours. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the anti Jared. Yeah. The reason we haven't invited him over is because apparently, if you two come too close to each other, it's like this collision of matter and antimatter. Wow. And unless we wanted to harness that energy from that explosion for our own research purposes, well, we wouldn't do that. But now that I say it, it sounds like a pretty good idea. We do need a power source for the time machine. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That burns through a lot of plutonium. <laughs> I mean, a lot of plutonium. <laughs> and there isn't a lot of that in the Queen no. City, unfortunately. No. I'm feeling Anymore. slightly uneasy here now. Yeah, yeah. Most of our guests do, and our interns. <laughs> but very few of them have actually been, like, exploited for, like, fuel. Yeah. Yet. Interesting. Anyways, Jared. <laughs> up in where, do you want, where do you want to get to, Paul? Where did I want to get to? Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, autumn yes. in the Queen City and uh, the, the wildlife. Do you, is it wildlife if it's, like, urban wildlife? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So what is the what can we expect to see from the urban wildlife now that the weather is changing from um, sunny and warm and dry to you know hopefully uh, damp but also cold? 
a little bit of damp would be nice. Yeah. It is so dry out at our farm, it's crazy. Um, But in terms of, uh, if we talk bird life, uh, most of the warblers have now passed through. So all the things in the boreal forest that are, you know, those pretty songsters and colorful birds, they've they've mostly passed through. There'll be some yellow-rumped warblers that'll kind of stick around for another few weeks. But we're going to start to see a surge of sparrows coming through now. Uh, white-crowned, white-throated, and then juncos are generally the last songs, songbird to pass through. Uh, there's whooping cranes that are that are starting to move through the province. Uh, you know, passing over Regina is pretty unlikely, but we do get them out near Edenwald. I've seen them for the last couple of years, uh, a pair or four birds uh, out near Edenwald. So, and then sandhill cranes, snow geese, the geese are going to start, you know, filling the sky. So that's always one of my highlights for the fall because uh, there's just so many birds moving through the province. Uh, um, what are the birds that, like, land on trees and feast on the chlorophyll in their leaves and turn them from green to, like, the colors of fall? Yeah. Oh, um, or are those bats? I don't know. No, those or are vampires. Va- vampire bats. Right. Yes. Vampire bats? Yeah. yeah, I mean... Aren't they what sucks up all of the green from the leaves? I mean, I know. Bring, you guys green. should know this. We The city sends out a swarm of employees, <laughs> and they in, inject a little little serum in a needle into each leaf, uh-huh. yeah. and then the leaf will turn color and be beautiful for a day or two. Right. And then they just fall off. And it's, a, it's one of the downsides, but I mean... Right. You know, they spend a lot of money on that. that is oh, a, really? That yeah. is an amazing use of resources. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. The people of Regina have spoken that they like that. Yeah. yeah. Colors of fall. Fall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So these are like the the fall technicians? Yeah. Fall technicians go yeah. out right. and engineer a fall for the city. Mm-hmm. And later on, they disintegrate into like these white flaky mounds. The leaves of the blanket. technicians. The technicians. Oh. And that, like, blanket the city all winter. That's where that stuff comes from. Yep. I thought it fell from the sky. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was People God's dandruff. <laughs> I'm willing to entertain that alternative theory. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that gross alternative theory. <laughs> um, one year, I did actually leave the city. Mm-hmm. I might have told you this story one time when you were cleaning out the microwave. And... Uh, I was out at the trails um, by Buffalo Pound, and we were, um, you know, those like wooden trails that uh, go back into the marshlands. And as dawn was hitting, these, I think they were geese or crane, they were geese that were flying overhead, but it wasn't just like, you know, a couple dozen or a hundred. It was millions of geese flying overhead and honking, and it like was this carpet of bird, this just mm-hmm. covered the sky and it just kept coming and coming and coming and I couldn't believe how many birds there were and for how long these birds were doing this over top of this trail um, what was that? <laughs> what was happening? that was a bunch and of birds Paul <laughs> well, no that yeah. much I got Come on, Paul. <laughs> like even Aiden's got it figured out even me but you know, it was one of those things that it, uh, like you look up at it and you think for a second it's like a, a, a special effect that somebody's got is in like Pro Tools like cloning birds over and over <laughs> again so that they can fly overhead. But no, it was real. Like what kind of what kind of animal might this have been? It was probably either Canada geese, snow geese. Right. Um, so were they white? I think they were white. Yeah. yeah. So they they would likely be snow geese. They're kind of the most abundant 
goose uh, that we have uh, that migrates through the province. So they're coming from the Arctic, mm-hmm. uh, Baffin Island and, and the Nunavut and all sorts of wow. areas in there. So they must have been tired. Yeah, they, 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 they have to go a lot slower in the fall because they're, they're migrating with their young. And so they will, the young aren't as strong of flyers, and so they'll fly down as in a family group, uh, find a place to eat, a uh, combined field, and um, then they keep on moving. But the snow geese will roost together in on a lake or something. And so you're probably close to body of water, mm-hmm. right? And so they're all probably in there for the night, and then as dawn comes up, boom, they're all going to go and move to a field close by to eat. Neat. Oh. Yeah, so that would be happening around this time of year. Or? Yeah, lots of places: Quill Lakes, um, Reed Lake, uh, all sorts. Where, uh, those big saline lakes. Uh, is the last big Mountain West Lake. American Flyway. Right? Absolutely. Right. There's 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 an estimate that there's 30 million uh, snow geese moving really? through. Yeah. So like the population of Canada. Yeah. But in snow geese. Yeah. Right. So everybody could have their own. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. For Christmas dinner, or as a pet. <laughs> so you can just walk out and go, that one's mine. Let's point to the sky. Yeah. Anyways, well, thanks for clearing up that mystery. Absolutely. But we have to move on to the next item on our agenda. All right. What is that? It's innovative revenue tools. What are those? Those are ways, innovative ways for the city to raise money that aren't taxes. Innovative tools to generate revenue or save money. Sounds very clear when you put it like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And we've got one. We do? For this week, yeah. Oh, you... Yeah, a great way for the city to make loads of money. Oh, you pulled our fat from the fire on yeah. this one. You've probably heard that uh, the city council has been talking about lowering speed limits in uh, school zones. Yeah. And a uh, great idea. We'll talk about that more in right. the uh, second half of the meeting. But um, that got me thinking, why drop the speed limit in school zones to 30 when you could drop the speed limit in the entire city to 20? I'm liking where this is going. And then what you do is everybody has to stick to 20 kilometers or less, no matter where they are in the city of Regina. Mm -hmm. But if you want to drive faster, you buy more kilometers per hour. So you set a price of, say, like $25 per kilometer per hour. And you can, like, pay as much money as you want to go as fast as you want. Wow. Yeah. And I thought, you know, you could have, like, some kind of, like, sticker on your license plate saying what speed you are allowed to travel at. But then I thought, where's the fun in that? Why don't you get a little card, and mm-hmm. then when the police pull you over and say, hey, you, uh, why aren't you driving 20 kilometers per hour? You're driving, like, 95. You can whip out your, like, platinum speed card and, and say, say, Chuck you, Farley. I'm allowed to travel at this speed. I've paid my thousands of dollars. Very good. And then they have to let you go. I suppose if you're a member of the Hill family, you just get like a pass. Well, there'd be, you know, like there'd be staff discounts, bulk discounts, Hill family discounts, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. It would just be so much money for the city of Virginia. Actually, you're not kidding. No, it would. Paul, that might be your best innovative tool ever. I agree. Thanks. Well, maybe that one will catch on upstairs. But if it doesn't, fortunately, we have a whole bunch more. Hi, I'm local blogger Kenton DeYoung. Did you know, in the 1920s, there were over a dozen movie theaters in Regina's downtown. The most beautiful of them all was the Capitol. The first film to play there was The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and it also hosted the world premiere of the Northwest Mounted Police. The Capitol closed in 1992, reopened in 2015 as a jazz and tapas bar. It's Regina Fact. You'll find more Regina Facts every week on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3. CJTR, Regina Community Radio. 
Hey, hey, we're back. Great. From Innovative Revenue Tools. And a Kenton DeYoung fact. Well, a Regina City fact. A Regina, sorry, I get That's that wrong okay. every dang meeting. However, I, I happen to have a, a Kenton DeYoung fact to go with the Regina really? City fact. Oh, of course. Awesome. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, in 1978, the person that you and I know as Kenton DeYoung mm -hmm. uh, disappeared. No. And his friends and family actually created a Kenton DeYoung hologram. Really? Yeah. Um, so, is it like a free-roaming hologram? Like, is it a hologram that, you know, we might possibly be... Could that be the Kenton DeYoung we've met yeah. and interviewed? It is. Just a hologram? It is just a hologram. Wow. Yeah. You're blowing my mind, Aiden. I know. It's a Kenton DeYoung fact. Good to know. So that's why when you turn on a microwave in his presence, he, like, flickers and disappears briefly. Oh, I thought it was just he didn't like the smell of a microwave. Well, he said something about it, so... But I uh, don't think holograms can smell. Oh, that's a really good point. I should have thought of that. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, I noticed that Jared managed to escape. Oh, uh, what? Ah! I wanted to, like, keep him here until I can get the mountain oh, naturalist here. Maybe, if we're lucky, he's in cleaning the microwave right oh, now as oh, we speak. Sweet. That'd be great. And then we'd be able to, like, you know, microwave some of those frozen tribbles. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I'm very, very hungry. <laughs> Me too. I'm especially hungry for tribble meat. <laughs> um, all right. What is next on our agenda? Look at this. Items. Items. Outstanding improvements. Oh, sweet. Uh, first up on, well, there's only one thing, really, on the outstanding improvements. Uh, I went to an executive committee meeting on okay. Wednesday. I believe you. I did. It's true. It was yesterday. Uh, these meetings are from 11.45 uh, until when they're done. Uh, oh on Wednesdays, God. once yeah. or twice a month, executive committee meeting. Uh, I noticed, interestingly, executive committee meetings don't start, like, right on the button as advertised, like council meetings. They start at 5.30 on the nose. Executive committee meetings, everybody saunters in. Nobody's wearing a tie. Some people are in, like, T-shirts. Um, yeah, it's all very casual. Wow. But I thought before we start talking about what happened at this executive committee meeting, we should discuss what the executive committee is. Um, back during the election, the city election last year, uh, I noticed that there were some big misconceptions about what executive committee is. Uh, some people, candidates even, suggested that the city's executive committee was some kind of elite committee that of elite councillors who secretly in the background make all of the like important decisions right. for the city. And they're the ones that the puppet masters pull in the strings. Or a cabal. Exactly. Mm. A, a shady cabal. <laughs> shady cabal. Sadly, that's not true. Oh, that's not what they are. That is a real... That's a shame. Yeah, I know. It would have been so much more to talk about them if that's what they were. But um, we do have a City Hall WTF that we can play right now uh, with the typical 11-year-old girl nice. who will explain to us everything we need to know about Executive Committee. Let's hear it. Okay. What is Executive Committee? Executive Committee is a committee made up of all members of City Council. Sound redundant? You bet it does. 
But really, it's an important step in the municipal government process. Executive Committee gives your councillors a chance to consult with city administration about all sorts of city policies and projects before they get together for a city council meeting. That way, when it comes time to make official decisions during a meeting of council, your city councillors and city administration are all on the same page. That's the theory anyway. And if all that preliminary consultation that goes on at executive committee had to happen on the floor of council, city council meetings would go on forever. And it's not like all this executive committee stuff is done in secret. The bulk of what goes on at executive committee is open to the public and the press. That said, there is stuff that executive committee considers in private session. But these mostly financial and personnel questions that need to be considered confidentially. And ultimately, everything that's considered in private sessions by executive committee makes its way to a public session of city council. Examples of items that executive committee considered in private session in 2016 were the city support for the Grand Slam of Curling, the Tim's Horton's Briar, the Skate Canada International appointments to the Public Library Board, our contribution agreement for the Canada 150 celebrations, obviously, and a tentative collective agreement with QP Local 7. See? Important, but boring stuff. Nothing sinister at all. Or maybe that's what they want you to believe! They could be negotiating in private session with octopodal aliens from Pollux 9 to hand over an annual 9% cerebral spinal fluid tax drawn from all able-bodied Queen City citizens. And we wouldn't know until the report comes up in council. <laughs> and by then, the question of what was happening to your spinal fluid will be pretty much decided. But what are all the odds of all that happening? Relatively low. So, remember, executive committee is completely benign, unless they're not. You can learn more about what executive committee does by reading bylaw number 2009-40, the committee bylaw, and by reading the articles of surrender to Pollux 9, section 7 through Sagwak Alak. This has been another City Hall WTF. All right. That was a City Hall WTF about Executive Committee. Yeah, you know, really, jokes on them. I've been donating my cerebrospinal fluid to Pollux 9 for, like, years now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. And... Up until now, it's been enough to keep them away from the rest of the uh, Queen City. Or that's what gave them a taste for human cerebral science. Oh, one or the other. <laughs> I don't remember what they say when they draw my fluid. I mean, it's, you know, it's all fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So oh, that was, and, and oh, very sorry. painful. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, that, I, I believe that. Um, what, anyways, uh, what they were discussing in the open session, they did have a private session at this executive committee meeting. Uh, I saw no one from Pollux 9 there, but they actually, at the end of an executive committee meeting, when they're going into private session, they clear the gallery, and then they close the blinds. Wow. Yeah. 
So you can't even, like, read their lips? Nope, can't read their lips. Um, can't scan for aliens. Nothing. Well, the aliens would want it that way. Uh, they would. Uh, all right, so what were they considering at this executive committee meeting? Um, the big item, a ton of city press showed up uh, for this. Um, about a year ago, Councillor O'Donnell, who we actually had on the show, and he talked about this a little bit, True. Uh, about he had passed a motion that the city would strike a committee that would look into uh, how to make school zones more safe. And uh, the committee that was formed uh, was a, a wide-ranging committee that involved uh, um, members from the police service, from the fire department, uh, from all of or both of the uh, school boards in town. Uh, some parents were involved, and uh, there was some people from City Hall who were also on this committee. Mm. The committees met for like about a year. I'm not exactly sure how many meetings they had, but they discussed all sorts of different methods for uh, making school zones more safe. Um, and here we are at the beginning of the first school year after this committee was started, and a report came back with their recommendations, or rather, with their lack of recommendations. Ah. Apparently, they discussed everything from lowering speed limits in school zones to 30 kilometers per hour, to putting bollards into, like, the parking areas in school zones, uh, to, like, slow traffic, other traffic calming measures like um, rumble strips, or painting the streets uh, like um, so that... Uh, the, the crosswalks and the parking areas are easier easier to see. Uh, lighting, better signs, um, changing the times that school zones are in effect so that uh, right now school zones are in effect basically all day, all year long. Uh, a lot of communities around the country, they just have the school zones in effect from like, you know, 7, 38 o'clock in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon and only on weekdays but not on holidays or um, in the summer or whatever. Um, the report pointed out that most of the members of the uh, the committee were, at the very least, supportive of the idea of lowering speed limits in school zones to 30 kilometers per hour. But there were issues with governance. Uh, they didn't know if they were empowered to make recommendations. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know if they had the right people on the committee to make decisions about uh, engineering questions or to make recommendations about you know what budget requests can be made and so they basically handed in this report saying we have no recommendations we can't make recommendations well, what you're going to do about it so city council well as executive committee uh, they passed uh, the mayor actually passed a motion that uh, a new committee would be struck but this one would be struck with the right people on it this time who can make recommendations uh -huh. Uh, Councillor O'Donnell, who called for this committee in the first place, expressed some frustration or disappointment that there weren't recommendations. He was expecting them by this point. Uh, Councillor Stevens was concerned that uh, this could take a very, very long time at this point to get something in place. And several of the councillors, like Councillors Young and Murray uh, and Mancinelli, expressed you know, support, at least notionally, for the idea of lowering speed limits to 30 kilometers per hour mm -hmm. in school zones. Unfortunately, that isn't enough um, to do anything. We have to, like, have another committee. And oh. another... We're expecting a report in Q2, uh, so in the second quarter of 2018, from this, from this new committee. Hopefully that will be enough time to institute something before next autumn. We don't know yet. Um, 
we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau, 91.3 CJTR, Regina Community Radio. And... Correct. That's true. Uh, after the meeting, uh, the mayor came out, and with all of the city... Uh, media there in attendance he did a scrum a scrums where like the mayor comes down and like all the media gets to like pepper him with questions uh so he had to answer a lot of questions about uh this and um it was a it was a longish scrum but a lot of like useful information came out of it oh. and i thought i was there i didn't get a word in edgewise because you know normally the best way to speak to the mayor since he won't come down to our meetings is for me to dress up like a reporter with like a little trilby oh, and like when there's a little, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. press card in yes. there yeah 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 and like i've got like a pencil behind my ear and i'm like Perfect. mayor what are you going to do about this thing <laughs> the people need to know um, but yeah, I didn't get a word in edgewise because the professional media were, were all over him. Elitists. But, I, uh, you know, as is my job and my want, I recorded the whole thing and I thought I would play it now, the whole, like pretty much the whole scrum, uh, just to like give us some more background information on the city's, you know, mindset on this issue. And I will play that right now. Sweet. So just to start with school zone safety, um, it's been 17 months that this has already been under review. Is that not a really long time to be looking at this? Well, you know, I, I think the, the, the mandate of the first committee uh, has run its course. They, they really can't talk about budget implications and engineering design. That's not the, the competence of the committee itself. Uh, what we're going to do now in, in short order is to strike a committee that will actually come back with recommendations early next year to implement these, hopefully for, for the fall of next year. But the process is important to get it right. What happens if the committee done then? Like, are they no more? Are they dissolving? Or what's the, the, the current committee uh, is finished. Uh, their mandate is finished, and the report is, if you looked at the report, it said they had, they had uh, come to the conclusion they could not go any further with respect to budgets and engineering design work. They needed more support to do that. So the report talks about a new committee, which we've now formalized, that will take on that, that new task and, and uh, get us over the goal line. Is it brand new people? Uh, I think we'll look at who's on the committee from before, but certainly representatives from uh, school boards, your know, SGI, the city of Regina, the police service will all be there. Whether the same people, I don't know that yet. We talked to Norman Kyle, and he said there are national standards. Um, instead of waiting for, say, a kid to get hit at a crosswalk right now, would you not be better off uh, adopting those standards and then looking individually at the schools? Well, we actually do uh, follow national standards. But we could do better. And some of the things we're talking about uh, don't uh, conflict with national standards, but, but are an enhancement like bollards or, or restricting the size of the street, if you will, uh, those kinds of issues. But, um, you know, if, uh, changing the standard for, for the speed limit uh, is also within those that as well. So it's really a question of the of a city Regina solution to what we have here. So what do you see around town? Do you think people are bad at obeying the 40 limit that we already have in place? I think people are, uh, forget where they're at sometimes, that they're driving in a 50-kilometer-hour zone, and they may realize, oh, in the middle of a school zone, they're driving too fast. And people are in a hurry all the time, and that's part of the problem we have here, and this is why we need more protection of kids going to and from school, being dropped off at school, or being picked up as well. I take it it's no surprise to you how quickly of a response both you and councillors have had to this issue, given what we heard from some of them? Oh, this is always always a question. I call all the time about people saying, you know, about the worried about their child or about themselves being able to pick up a child in a, in a safe way. This is a, a big issue for parents, and it should be, and it should be for all drivers. They should realize that they're in a school zone, and there are young kids crossing the street or, or near the street. They should be very, very careful. And it's an obligation of the city of Regina, the police service, the school board, as partners with SGI, to find the best possible way to show you're in a school zone, enhance safety, and make sure that everyone's safe when they're there. 
So why does it take nearly three years for the city of Regina to likely adopt what is virtually a national standard, 30 an hour in a school zone? Well, I won't, don't necessarily accept your, 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 the premise of your, of your question because we already follow national standards with respect to school uh, school zones. We do that already. Okay, but so, 30K an hour. Well, most, mother, most other major cities are following the 30K an hour in most school zones, but it's going to take Regina 29 months likely to get there. Again, I don't accept the premise of your, of your, your comment of 29 months. Uh, we That motion was passed about a year ago. The committee is working over the past fiscal year, so it has not been 29 months. It's been less than that. And the recommendation is to consider doing that. Not every city in Canada goes to 30 kilometers an hour. Many do, but some don't. Some are still uh, at 40 kilometers an hour. Some have varying times of the day when they have school zones operational. Ours are longer than others. They've changed those too. So they're all within the standards of safety. We're looking at doing something that, that's particular to Regina. Can you catch me up then on what the previous committee that's just disbanded, what exactly it was working on and what was achieved from Well, looking for input from the partners as to what they wanted to see uh, and a recommendation of, of uh, re lowering the speed limit from 40 to 30 is one of those very clear ones that, that are there. But they felt uh, as they go forward, they cannot talk about the budget implications or the engineering design of of it, do we have bollage or not? They don't have the skill to do that. So they asked for, here's what we got so far. We're asking you to continue on with it. And the other committee that brings in expertise to, to get this done. So was that just an oversight in the original committee then? Like, why wasn't somebody on the committee that could speak to those things? Well, I, I think it becomes very complex uh, an issue, and it's not straightforward. Uh, and I think in order to make sure we get it done right, they're asking for to bring in more people to make those decisions, be, be, begin to talk about the budget applications for uh, for changes that will be made, and I think it's, it's the right thing to do. So, when you get it done right, get it done right the first time. For parents that are concerned out there right now, um, if you're saying you don't like my the premise of my however many months I'm telling you, but say no matter what, it has been a long time. For parents out there, say somebody did get hit, what would you want them to know? Well, again, uh, I would say that we're, we're trying to prevent people being injured and hurt. That's the whole purpose of, of the change, is, is to make sure that we have it as safe as possible in the school zone. So they will know by this discussion today and when this goes to council at the end of the month that we are going to make sure that we have the safest possible school zones across the city. That's the message. Is it fair to say, given what some um, of the councillors have heard, whether it be bollards, whether it be some kind of traffic calming measure, whether it even be something as simple as a different coloured paint on mm -hmm. the on the curb mm -hmm. stop, mm -hmm. are all options on the table that will be considered? Are there some that can be ruled out? That it's too expensive to maybe put traffic calming in all school zones or... Yeah. You know, I take an example like Judge Bryant has mm -hmm. always been a school there on Dudney right. Avenue right. East that's raised issues both at the mm -hmm. public school division level of how fast people drive down. There's not many houses. It's a fast street, broad street, imperial mm -hmm. there as yep. well. Um, are there some areas that you could see something as extreme as traffic calming? I think everything's on the table. I think that, that uh, the committee will, will provide uh, recommendations on, on standards and how they apply to particular schools will be part of the budget process that we go through. So I wouldn't rule anything out. I wouldn't say we're going to make a standardization of those either. Some ballers may work in some places. Uh, other types of traffic calming could be used in other locations. 
but everything is on the table for discussion. Is there areas that are, I mean, I, I think of even just my kids' school, which is a heavily residential street, and <coughs> no disrespect, but lots of potholes, things like that. I don't think anyone could drive really fast, but somewhere like Dudney yeah. does have smoother streets, Broad Street, that in front mm. of Imperial. Mm. There are probably areas where it might be more of a concern than mm. other schools. I agree, and I think that's why we look at each particular area to see what we can do to enhance safety. Can you standardize it then? Like if well, I mean, you, I get you can with the speed. Um, you can speed with speed. Limit, uh, you can with signage speed. Uh, you can do it with uh, markings on on the, on the street. But again, I, I think the standardization is that you'll look at traffic calming devices that are applied to each each area. So I don't want to preclude the work being done. I think it's really what are the tools and toolbox we can use to make this as safe as possible across the city. And some things apply to others that don't in others. You know, residential a school in a residential area will have a different set of criteria than what you have on Dooney Avenue, as an example. I know that it was a timeline. I mean, Andrew Stevens <laughs> asked about you know if this committee starts now, is it possible to have changes in place for next year? It's possible. It depends upon what's recommended. Uh, again, if, it, if it's a major uh, budgetary item or if, it, if it's looking at uh, suggesting that change would happen over a two- or three-year period, that may be the answer as well. But again, I think we all, we all are, are interested in doing this as, as soon as we can. And so the report's critical. is a first step on, on the budget process and, and standardizing how we do this. I know it was mentioned that the focus of this is protecting children. Um, would the city consider uh, playground zones changing the, uh, the speed limits around the playground zones? Edmonton just implemented. Yes, uh, others have done that as well, and I think that would be part of the equation as well. I just We'll see what the committee does as part of the mandate to look at that as well. Playgrounds next to schools, yes. What about all residential areas? Uh, well, this is really focusing on, on schools, school zones, and playgrounds near schools. Those are the ones we're focused on right now. Where will this be in terms of budget priorities? Like, well, I think uh, you know we'll, we'll see that as we go forward in each budget. And I want to preclude what, what council talks about, but I, I will say that clearly, by the nature of discussion here, we see it as a priority. And so we'll we'll. It's hard to say what we'll do until we get get the report to see what the budget implications will be. But I, I can't imagine a scenario where we set this aside. So we're not doing it this year because of budget concerns. Whether we can change all school zones, every uh, every one of them in one year, that might be an impossibility. But certainly uh, we'll stage priorities and, and uh, what we can do that have the most impact uh, as soon as we can. But it's all about the budget implications and what actually is being recommended. All right. That was a post-executive committee meeting scrum with the mayor about um, about uh, lowering speed limits yeah, in was, school zones. It was the scrummiest. Yes, it was the scrummiest of scrums. Um, and somebody's just wandered into the boiler room Whoa. out of the blue. Gord Pepper. <laughs> here to talk about the Sask Film Pool. Sorry, guys. I'm a tad late here tonight. Oh, but, that's okay. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, thanks for making it. Uh, so the Sask Film Pool, 40 years old. Yeah, we turned 40 this year. So thanks so much. Yeah, it's been a great, quite a year for us. We've had a couple of major celebrations and sort of like celebrating and recognizing the film pool's uh, contribution to the filmmaking scene here in Saskatchewan and to culture and to the industry and... So uh, it's been great. We had a big, uh, big bash at Bushwhackers uh, this past Saturday. Awesome! And uh, it was fantastic. We had a bunch of people out from old members, current members. In fact, we even had three of the founding members of the film pool. So three of the founding members, forty years ago, showed up and uh, they made a big toast to the film pool, and uh, oh, it was really awesome. cool. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have to call for an adjournment on this meeting. Uh, but, I, I was, but I've been—I think he's actually um, an improvement vector, according to my rubric. Well, then we better give him so, a certificate. So we actually—we're presenting you with our certificate of improvement. 
I need improvement. There you go. <laughs> Suitable you. for framing. Thank you. Hopefully you can come back at another meeting and we can talk to you yeah. in more detail about what the film pool is. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a I mean it's a it's a jewel of an organization. It's just fantastic. So we're really really proud of our accomplishments and I'm so sorry we didn't get a chance to talk more about uh, what we what another we another time. Okay. Yeah, another time. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the improvement bureau will always be open for you. Okay, <laughs> and we can we could give you another uh, certificate. Just check for any misspellings that might have occurred, and if uh, you can apply for another one. Okay. It does take six to eight weeks though to process. Oh, does it? Okay, yeah, okay. granted. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to call for a, make a motion for an adjournment. Okay. Uh, well, I'll second that motion. Okay. Motion carried. Motion carried. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. This week's episode was brought to you by Councillor O'Donnell's Rommel Pommels. Get the Pommels funnel by General Rommel himself. O'Donnell's Rommel Pommels. You can find us You can find us uh, on cjtr.ca slash podcasts or on iTunes or on Twitter, Queen City IB and on our website, queencityib.com uh, Our co-hosts have been Paul DeShannon, Aidan Morgan Jared Clark was our guest in the first half of the show and very briefly at the end we had Gord Pepper from the Saskatchewan Food Pool. And I'm glad you could make it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, I think, as a, oh, yes, coming up next, we have uh, Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by the cockpit. And then that midnight show, Melt? Melt, Melt. yes. Hey, anyway, that's all. Keep on improving. We're trying to.